This is a remote dating podcast where we share outlandish dating stories from people struggling with the new dating landscape. In season two, Be My Carry-On Baggage, we look at how the coronavirus pandemic is going to impact the future of dating. We'll get insights from digital nomads who have been navigating dating under extreme circumstances for years, as well as stories from people who have been locked down in love. Today, we're recording a very special live episode, our first ever one, with the Digital Nomad Girls Inner Circle, which is a virtual co-working community for female nomads. Welcome, ladies. Well, I feel like if this was uh, live before the pandemic, we'd all be like, hello. <laughs> this is season two, episode seven, Bays Without Borders. I'm Ali. And I'm Kayla. We're your hosts for Dating Abroad, a podcast about unconventional dating stories. So it's been almost a year since we've all been in lockdown. And for many of us single nomads, that has meant a lot of virtual dating and very little physical contact. So uh, before we get into the stories from our digital nomad girls, we're going to kick things off with a couple of our own. So I'm sure many of you, like me, spent at least part of lockdown at your family's place. It seems to be a common theme that many nomads back in March or April hopped on a flight back from whichever exotic destination we were in, back to the bosom of our families. So for me, that was living in my mum's tiny spare room in the UK, which became my bedroom, my office my yoga studio, my podcasting studio, and most importantly, my virtual date location. So um, it kind of felt like being 16 again, slipping upstairs with a bottle of wine and some crisps. And um, I remember talking to my mom about what to wear and whether to put makeup on for my dates. And she was all like, can't let your standards slip just because it's a pandemic. So she would then rate my dates on how much laughter she could hear from downstairs. But at one point, I was absolutely convinced I would leave the first lockdown, having fallen madly in love with this tea company owner who I met on Bumble, who had just discovered what remote work meant. And I was like, oh, we're going to travel the world together and live happily ever after. But we then mutually ghosted each other after two Zoom dates. (laughs) And actually, none of my virtual dates ended up going any further than that. And then I got to Portugal in October and I hadn't had any physical contact with a man since the beginning of lockdown. And I remember just getting like ridiculously excited about going to my physio appointments for a shoulder injury. My physio was this quite sexy Irishman and I would would leave all flustered and also (laughs) convinced that we were gonna fall in love. Although I'm sure he was just being friendly. So that was a bit of a low point. Um, how, Kayla, awkward would that Kayla. Be you, how awkward would it be if you like found out <laughs> that's so inappropriate <laughs> he's a nomad as well so I really hope he doesn't listen but Kayla <laughs> Kayla please take over we take over I mean I have had an equally depressing uh pandemic dating life um right at the beginning I didn't move in with my parents because I wanted to properly isolate because they were high risk um but I did move into my uncle's basement which was equally as exciting and at first I was just in a blur of jet lag and uh anxiety 
pandemic anxiety and ordering edibles because I was back in Canada. So it was the first few weeks. And then like Ellie, I also was just like, well, what a great time to date because, you know, as nomads, we're always moving around. It can be really hard to like have enough time in one place to properly build the foundation of a relationship. So I was like, oh, an upside of the pandemic could be that I'll be here for long enough so I can start online. And then I'm sure in a few months, like we'll be able to go on real dates and like, it's perfect. I'm going to find the love of my life. No big deal. And then I went on the apps and I was like, oh yeah, the apps are a garbage fire. Um, I did meet a few nice kind of promising men on Bumble. Um, did did a lot of virtual dates, I think, in the beginning was yeah, just, you did. just kind of loading it on. And a few of them progressed to do uh, two or three virtual dates and then eventually progressed to do like a social distant date. And then like meeting in person, none of them really went well. Um, and then I took a little break and then went back on and then met someone that I actually quite liked. Uh, and then that also didn't go well. And then since then, I've just been like, well, optimistic Kayla from 11 months ago you were wrong and too optimistic and uh, we're just going to be a hermit for the rest of the pandemic now (laughs) so we have embarrassed ourselves a lot on this podcast by telling all of our uh, pandemic dating stories and also past nomadic embarrassing dating stories because we have had quite a few of those as well so now we want to hear other people's embarrassing or funny or even sweet stories we'll still be happy for you if you have a sweet story um, yeah please give us some hope <laughs> yes <laughs> so yeah we want to open it up now to our to the zoom floor for our live participants if anyone has been dating during the pandemic and has any funny or sweet or disastrous pandemic dating stories I think we got a little oh so we've got Anna says she has a good story and Anne says she has a success story okay so let's hear both of those stories okay I'm gonna unmute Anna oh you did it yourself okay go for it sorry well so I met this guy last year I think I'm not quite sure where we are on the timeline of things because things go so fast and so slow at the same time so the timeline of how I met this person I met him on a dating app and he seemed pretty cool we did um, an introduction call and in the introduction call he was a little intense uh, at first but I thought it was kind of cute because he was asking like real questions and it wasn't so much like where are you from how are what what are you doing in Costa Rica it was more like have you ever been in love and things like that and I was like okay I Mm -hmm. I can kind of like dig this uh Mm -hmm. vibe a little bit I mean Mm -hmm. for a first call it was a little interesting right and so I was like okay I mean seems like uh there's a vibe here so uh I think we had like a one and a half hour two hour conversation before I was like I got to do stuff now (laughs) but thank you um so we um set a date for like a sunday date and um he's not from costa rica originally he's actually from the united states and he was telling me this should have been my cue but he told me he did his the app uh the appalachian trail and Mm -hmm. he like sprinted across of it across it he didn't like hike and do the normal thing Mm -hmm. so usually people finish it in like 200 days or something like they take a sabbatical off of work he told me he finished it in like 98 days or something like that. Like just going through the, Am- like not the Amazon, but through the, the wilderness, <laughs> just sprinting yeah. with his backpack. I'm guessing. I don't know. Anyway, so I show up to this date and I'm excited because it's like, oh, he's athletic. He's like smart, blah, 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 blah. And he has flowers in his 
can. And it's so, oh, when has anybody given me flowers for a first date? I mean, I thought that was really cute. Um, he picks this sushi place, which ends up being like the ho most hole in the wall kind of place. Like we're sitting down. And I mean, to be fair, he didn't know and he was looking at reviews. So he did have like pre-planning. These are all great qualities, by the way. I'm not like saying this is a disaster already, <laughs> but um, we get into the sushi place and it's like this dingy, like I might get food poisoned. Maybe this would be a fun story kind of situation. And, uh, you know, it's it's a date. So I ask, you know, what kind of drinks do they have? And this was the first cue where it was probably not going to go so well, where they were like, we have only green tea or iced tea. We have nothing else. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then on the menu, it had like other things aside from like sushi. And I was like, okay, well, we'll see how this goes. And during this process, we were, you know, chatting, having somewhat of a good time. We have curfew here in Costa Rica. So I, I told him, look, I have to go at 830 because curfew today is at nine. And he had this he made a face. He was like he definitely did not enjoy that because it was already at like it was seven o'clock by that point. So I, I basically gave him an hour and a half date time. And he was just like, well, I mean, if it's going well or whatever, we could like, I could take a taxi home with you just to make sure like a red cap and make sure that you're there and then to go back home. And I thought, oh, okay. I don't really want to know. Like, I don't really want you to know where I live right now, but I appreciate the gesture. Mm -hmm. And so we start, we finish our food. Everything's kind of going well. He's telling me about his life. And then this is where it goes off the rails because you know, there's no drinks at this place. And so I, I recommend, hey, why don't we go to the bar like across the street to get uh, some drinks and get to know each other? And he goes, actually, I have a better idea. Um, I have a gift for you back at my apartment. Um, <laughs> and I was thinking that and I have a bottle of wine as well as dessert. And I was like, I'm not going back to your apartment to no. I, I, I was very polite. And I, I said, oh, that's really nice. Um, I think that's a great idea, but you know, I, I rather us go to somewhere just to get, cause you know, this is a first date and uh, I would love to, you know, do that idea uh, in a future date or another time, you know, it wasn't like I was like, get out of here. You know, I was very polite about the situation and he goes, okay. Again, he has a face of how he doesn't like, you know, it's very obvious that this is like not going well for him. So he gets up to pay, he comes back and then he goes, can I ask you something? And I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> I'm like, tell, tell me, tell me what you're going to ask. He's like, I don't understand why, why, what's the difference between, you know, now versus three dates from now to go back to my place. Oh and I'm like, God. Because I, I'm trying to get to know you. This is our first date. And then he argued with me about the logistics of a, what is considered a first date. And he was like, the introduction call that I thought, the virt virtual call, he considered that a first date. And I was like, okay, but even if this was the second date, I'm still not going back to your place for whatever game, board game, whatever. And, he, and then he, he was like, oh, why don't we like go back to my place real quick and we'll get the wine and then we can drink it on a, in a park somewhere. And I'm like, what is that? What, why is that so much better than going to a bar and getting drinks there? And then literally 
it was like eight o'clock at this point or, you know, 745. And we spent uh, my adrenaline. I was very calm and asking him questions because I was just like, let me understand the mind of this madman, basically. <laughs> and I was just, you know, asking questions, just, you know, figuring out where was he in this whole process. And he's like, I need to know if we have like chemistry, like right now. And if I if we can't do that, like, how am I supposed to build intimacy with you if I'm never going to be like close to you? And I was like, this is the first date guy. Like, I, I literally said, it's fine if we, you know, like I have no problem going over to your place and playing like video or whatever board game you wanted to play, like on the, on a different time, you know? So it wasn't saying no. And so he's just like, yeah, but then, you know, and he gets, he was like so intense about everything. And he's like, I don't even know if I'm going to be in Costa Rica. So it's like, I have to know if we're, if we're like a compatible match and I can't like waste time doing like, you know, waiting for you or whatever. And I was like, okay, well, I looked at the time. And by this point we had been like having a very intense discussion of over the logistics of what a first date looks like. And <laughs> you know, if I'm going back to his place or not which was an obvious no, uh, uh, it was about like 8.20 by this point. I'm like, I'm gonna go get my Uber now. Um, great meeting you <laughs> and he oh my gosh it was it was very intense right and I had my adrenaline it was it was like the worst date I've ever had ever and um I pick up the flowers he gave me and I go to the uber and he's like do you want to come back real quick to like at least get the gift I have for you and I was like no like oh God. <laughs> what's wrong with you and oh I forgot like towards the end when I was actually asking for my uber he had his hands on the table with his palms in his eye sockets, like going, this was not how I planned this to go. And I was like, really? I, and he's like, yeah, in fact, I don't even, now he's like, I don't even consider this a date because usually dates are like lots of fun and laughing and touching and this and that. And I'm like, well, guy, <laughs> you're the one that decided to make it so much more intense and like having me try to justify why I don't want to go over to your place on the first date, you know, and like be caught as a female being cornered in some dude's house, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That I don't know is not my idea of a good time, even if there's like wine and dessert and a gift of God knows what. And so I was like, okay, well, nice meeting you. And then, so I get into the Uber and I'm looking at these flowers, like how many roofies or what like chloroforms things are in this, in the, in the flowers, right? Yeah. So the Uber driver drops me off and I, I, he's like a nice man. And literally the first question I ask him during the whole ride over, I was like, are you married? <laughs> and he he looks at me like, what are you trying to propose right now? And I was like, here, take these flowers. Cause I will, they will just literally die in my apartment if, and he was very ecstatic. So, I mean, he might've chloroformed his wife for all I know. I don't care, but <laughs> when I got back to my apartment. I was like, whoo. And like, I could feel the adrenaline. It doesn't end there, by the way. I could feel the adrenaline mm -hmm. and I look at my phone and he's texting me. Oh, and God. he's texting me and texting me and texting me and texting me. And so I look at it. By that point, I think I had like 10 messages or something. I look at it. I'm like, hey, you know, first dates aren't always like, it doesn't always go as planned. It's like not a big deal. Uh, I said something like, I'm not too worried about it, right? Because, <laughs> you know, I'm home now. Like, I don't care about this crazy person now. He's mm -hmm. messaging me like, oh, no, indifference is the worst kind of emotion. And he keeps going. Like, go he's going off now. But nothing rude. He was just trying mm -hmm. to, like, justify the madness that he had. And then um, towards, like, 
15 additional messages in, I go, well, you know, I had a nice time, which I guess, you know, one shouldn't lie, but you know, I was like, I had a nice time. It was nice to, you know, get like, get to know you or meet you. Um, I hope you have a good night. And that's it. And then he kept texting me to the point where, and by this point, I'm like calling my friend, like my best friend. I'm like, do you know what the hell just happened to me? And he is blasting my phone <laughs> to the point where my best friend is like, hey, maybe you should block him. And I'm like, oh no, we're not blocking this. We're gonna read, we're gonna figure out like what's what's the end result here. I turn back my phone on or I look at my phone, you know, after an hour and a half later, he is still texting me. An hour and a half. He did not ta stop texting me until two hours after I said goodnight message. And there was over 105 unread messages by that point. And so I was like, oh, this is going to be so good. So good. So I opened it up. <laughs> I don't know. He was like, again, he was going off on like, you know, how this wasn't really a date and blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, he was sorry he even brought it up. And then I don't know, he he was being nice, but crazy at the same time. Um, and then towards the end, he felt compelled to like prove how much of a non serial killer he was that he sent me um, his screenshots from all the good reviews he got on couch surfers and the uh, internet, like there was a, he was a teacher at some point. So students, non-native English students were messaging him saying how great and could, like a uh, patient he was as a teacher and things like that. So I got like 10 screenshots of random people saying how great this guy was as like some sort of proof that I could have totally went back to his place and not gotten killed or whatever. And then he was like, it's such a bummer you didn't go back to get your gift. And I, I was like, okay, what, what on earth is this like amazing gift that I had to like go back to your place for? He, it's in a box. So, oh my gosh. So I told him at one point, I guess on our first introduction call that I've been like addicted to root beer at some point. And so literally he bought four things of root beer uh, cans. So he basically wanted me to come back just to get root beer. And I'm just like, oh God, you you guy <laughs> and uh that was that's the end of that story <laughs> thank you for attending <laughs> wow I'm, I'm gonna read aloud some of the responses from the girls on the chat we've got this is insane omg what the and you have to prove you're not a serial killer that says a lot i mean i think that pretty much sums it up yeah uh, I think so. There's a great Tina Fey quote. That's like, whenever someone says like, you must do something, that's like a clear sign that you don't actually have to do it because if you actually have to do it, then like no one tells you you have to, like no one's like, oh, you must push that baby out when you're giving birth. And I feel like it's the same for like when you're going on a date, if you have to like try to prove that you're a nice person and not a serial killer, you're probably a serial killer. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed his justifications for why, we, I had to go back because it's like, how are we going to build intimacy? Like, <laughs> there's other ways, guy, to kind of right. like conversation maybe and see if we like each other. It was like there was no trying to see if you like me. It was mm. more like I'm trying to get married and therefore you might be the person of the, my dreams. Therefore, I don't know. It was very, yeah. very intense. Very, very S super intense. manipulative, like trying to make you feel like you're crazy for not wanting to go back to his place on the first date in a pandemic. Like there's just so many 
layers to that. It's like almost impressive the level that he went to to try to make you feel like you were the weird one when he was being just like completely inappropriate and insane. Yeah, uh, yeah. He he had to justify a couple times. He's like, I understand completely why you don't want to go back to my place, but. <laughs> he's like i'm you know i'm not gonna kill you i'm like okay because that works as a reasonable justification yeah yeah i feel like that's the worst thing that you can say to a woman if you want to take her back to your place well i'm not gonna kill you so don't worry about how low the bar is right (laughs) all right and do you want to lift our spirits and uh tell us your happy story your success story yeah, that's probably a good idea. I think <laughs> after this story, we all need it, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so um, I'll tell you my success story uh, because I met my boyfriend uh, one year ago this month. So in February 2020, when COVID was just starting to happen and all the borders started closing down, I um, I was living in Vietnam and my visa expired so I decided to go to Thailand because my friend from back home she was coming to visit me there uh, two and a half weeks later so I was like oh you know what I'm just gonna go to Thailand and uh, get some work done so that when my friend is there I have every like all the time for her to just travel and chill on the beach Um, so I my plane landed I got my bus to my hostel I arrived in my hostel room and there was a guy in my room so I was like hey what's up I'm going out for dinner do you know a good place or do you want to join or whatever and he was like oh yeah sure I'll join you and um he was like oh I know a really nice place so we went out for dinner we just chatted and I was like oh yeah you know okay fine um then he asked me if I wanted to join him to the beach the next day um and I was like no no I need to work you know and he was like yeah we can go in the afternoon I was like yeah okay let's do that Uh, but I was not thinking anything of it I was just like yeah why not I don't have friends here I don't have anything else to do so okay so we went to the beach and yeah I mean it was fun so I was like oh okay friendly guy I can be very naive of course (laughs) (laughs) so um I just had a good time on the beach with him and then he asked me um he said, well, I'm, I'm going to leave this island. I'm going to another island, to Colonza tomorrow. Um, why don't you join me? And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> work and no, no. And he was like, yeah, but you can work everywhere, right? Isn't that the whole idea? I was like, yeah, okay. Am I really going to go to this? other island with a guy I literally just met two days ago um I I was I really didn't know what to do but I decided to just go and see what happens um so we stayed uh on Colanza for two weeks then my friend came uh from the Netherlands and he actually traveled for a few more days with us then he decided to go to Bali and I had my flight booked to go home because I didn't go home for like two years by that time. So I was planning to go home. And um, I mean, we 
we were just like texting when he was on Bali and I was in Thailand and I actually really missed him and I was like oh that's that's strange and we were like romantically involved by now by the way um <laughs> important to note <laughs> um so I really missed him and then he asked me to come to Bali and I don't know like COVID was really bad in Europe that's also important mm. to say um, so there were so many restrictions and the lockdown was really strict here um, so I decided to go to Bali with him um, yeah we stayed there for five months uh, we got a really cute little villa with a pool and it was really amazing we got to know each other really fast <laughs> like this was from zero to living together for a year um <laughs> out of nowhere so this was yeah that that's my story it was um extremely intense um but apparently I mean this is apparently what I needed or something I don't know mm. <laughs> are you still in Bali now where are you no I came back home mm. yeah so I'm in the Netherlands now and um, my boyfriend is in Germany. He's German. Uh, mm. I I went to Germany to live there with him for five months when we came back from Bali. So now, uh, like two weeks ago, I moved back to the Netherlands for a while to spend time with my family before we venture out again. And it's tough because I'm so used to living with him now because we've been doing that for basically a year. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that's my success story. That's, so <laughs> that's how it can also work out. <laughs> yeah, that's so lovely. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, we've been talking a lot about on the podcast about how nomad relationships and pandemic relationships have this kind of meeting where you kind of have to move really quick and move in together really quick sometimes because you only have a limited amount of time in the same place. Or in the case of the pandemic, you might not be able to see each other at all if you're not living together. Um so yeah, it's really exciting that that can actually work out. And while it's nice to go slow, you don't have to go slow. <laughs> yeah. I actually quite like the whole thing of nomad relationships getting intense quite quickly like that. Then you kind I think of... to be honest, I needed it because mm. I have not been successful <laughs> in my <laughs> dating life previously. So, um, and I was also, I, I don't want to say like worrying about it, but it was, it is difficult to date as mm. a nomad. I mean, mm. that's what we're all talking about here, of course. So, you know mm. that, you guys know that, but um, I was like, where now <laughs> am I going to meet someone who wants to do the same as me? Mm. Um apparently in a hostel in Thailand <laughs> who knew <laughs> who knew and in the chat we're saying Bali it's confirmed there's magic over there I've never been to Bali this is making me really want to go and she Thailand I guess go. both magical places mm. uh, so has this sparked any memories or anything of anyone else that wants to share uh, Marie actually was saying that she has also a nice story uh, without a happy end <laughs> let's go for it Okay, so this is a bit brave. I made a note, so I hope that um, I can tell the whole story. So I learned that it can get pretty intense during pandemics. <laughs> and um, so I actually experienced a kind of a dream date. I installed a new app called Her on my phone. And I was like, oh, this will be better than Tinder, right? <laughs> um, and they are like... Um, there are only women, I date women. Um, mm -hmm. 
So um, one of the people like I rode with them on a regular basis, um, like only Sundays, I replied only, <laughs> I replied only Sundays because I don't have time much mm-hmm. to reply and, and I didn't know if it will be good or not. Uh, but I went, wanted to somehow move on and to maybe do some steps forward and to meet the person. Maybe it will be different than, than Tinder, right? Um, and that person was really nice. Uh, I looked at the photos and I was like, oh, I know this will be intense. This will be intense. And I, <laughs> because I also saw the messages and she was very polite, extremely polite. And I really like when people are really polite to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think many women like that. Uh, and uh, so I went on a way on a date with her Uh, so she's she's German um, uh, and I'm not Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and um, because it was a pandemic and uh, we couldn't go or some places were unexpectedly closed so we had to improvise and find another place she doesn't drink alcohol or smoke so which is nice for me personally but uh, it's really hard to find a place where you can go and where people don't smoke and don't drink alcohol or they don't sell alcohol after I don't know 6 p.m or something mm-hmm. um, I actually imagined what the my dream date should look like and it actually happened I went and I talked to her and it got more and more intense we looked into each other's eyes and it was more and more intense and I really liked uh, what she looked like like what clothes she had because she was like a person from 18th century and I'm not kidding uh, she has a really she had really interesting uh, haircut like which you don't see often like very elegant clothes and and also extremely smart it was uh, obvious to me that she probably has some other issues and I found out later that she had um, a sensory processing disorder of traits of ADHD and autism so for some people it's a deal breaker I, um, so maybe to explain like well, what the sensory processing disorder mean uh, like it can mean many different things you can have uh, like auditory textual like that you basically, when you see something, you have a delay to process stuff. When you read text, you have a delay to process the complex texts, or you have a problems to even write the, uh, write the correct te- text um, in your language. Uh, and um, also like on a touch, like you can also have a motoric um, uh, sensory processing disorder, which means that you would hit, for example, like really hit hard. So, and why was it one of the best days ever? So one of the things was that it get, uh, got more and more intense. We were staring into each other's eyes and the, the waiter uh, didn't want to even come. <laughs> he, <laughs> he avoided us. Like he was like, okay, we're <laughs> a couple or something. And, um, but I think that uh, in Berlin, it's okay. So we, we were like uh, dating in Berlin, so it was fine. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, it was Asian restaurant, um, <laughs> so that was also pretty nice. Um, and then uh, we actually I uh, offered that we could walk to another park, but I knew that the park is five kilometers far away because that's the nearest biggest park that's 
that's around that place <laughs> where we met. And actually, I also imagined that we would walk there and she had no problem with that to walk there. And I also warned her that there are no lights and it was also close to my place. So it was obvious what will happen. Um, uh, we actually walked and walked and walked and at the, every traffic light we just stopped and we would look at each other and it was so beautiful like we wanted to kiss and I didn't want to kiss her because I didn't want the kiss to be in a in very noisy environment uh, I saw that she's very sensitive person and um, I, I just, I am also a sensitive person, so I really like to just make it a nice moment um, possible. And so, oh, so we walked and walked and walked, and then we ended up in the park, and and it was really nice. There was a moon and stuff, and so, and then we kissed, and we kissed, and we kissed, and we kissed, <laughs> and, we kissed. <laughs> and it was nice. <laughs> And then I said, okay, so it's cold here. <laughs> what about to go to my place? <laughs> and um, she said, okay, but we will make it cozy, right? And I said, um, yeah, yeah, we'll make it cozy. So how do you want me to make it cozy? And she wanted that I light candles. Uh, and I said, yeah, I have a many candles. It's, it's okay. So I can light all the candles. <laughs> um, so she so slept, romantic. So she slept at the, my place, and um, she stayed until the next day, and she left in the evening. So uh, this is really nice, and I continued dating her. Um, so uh, maybe to say that, the, like, uh, like sensory processing disorder or these things I figure out that it doesn't have to be a, the, like a really bad, like it doesn't have to be that bad, but we don't ha give a chance to these people because we feel like we will uh, take a lot of responsibility from them. The truth was that she helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. She wanted to help me so much. Like I had, uh, I had to work, I had to be on a call, whatever, like I had to be on a laptop and she was in the same room. Um, it was the more difficult to learn these things, but um, at the same time, she saw that I have a, like a lot of things to do. And she offered, for example, to go to the post office or uh, she wanted to repair my laptop and she play with it and then she repaired it and like I mean um, she was just the person who just like tried really hard and really appreciated what she what she has and I haven't met uh, such a person for a long time someone who appreciates that they breathe that they mm -hmm. are alive mm -hmm. uh, that they survived and that they learned so much because they still don't keep up with the rest of the world. And, but they can be happy that they actually achieved the point where they are. Um, so I anyway had to break up and after two months and I felt really guilty that, um, that I had to do that. But the thing was that um, I also saw that um, I don't get much freedom and I really need freedom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, 
I cannot be on a call for two hours or three hours uh, a day. I cannot uh, meet someone like uh, already, like at the beginning um, three times to five times a week. Um, and um, or I cannot answer 40 to 50 messages per day. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it has to do something with um, not having enough experience with relationships. Uh, I wanted to give her anyway something beautiful and I hope that I did. Uh, I wanted to give her that experience at least in some amount of time. I know that I couldn't give her one year or two years because I knew that we would, that it would be problematic, um, that I wouldn't be able to make it. Um, that's the story. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah. And I think, I think the idea of having that freedom is something that a lot of nomads would resonate with. Mm -hmm. um, and I also, I mean, I would also be overwhelmed with that much amount of communication at the beginning. But I think what's so lovely about this story is like, you know how people are always like, well, everyone comes into your life for a reason. Like, even if it doesn't work out and yeah. it's like, oh, well, fuck off. Like, I don't think... Uh, Anne's weird Costa Rica date came into her life for a reason. Like, we, <laughs> um, but oh, I don't know. Anne, maybe I'm not. I want to speak for you, or Anna. Sorry, um, but like this just is such a, a sweet story with a uh, with a positive outcome. And even though it didn't work out, it's like one of those things where you can both still really appreciate each other and, and what happened. So it's yeah, it's really sweet. It was really sweet. And I was looking around at everyone's transfixed faces. I think we were all just like so moved by that story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> the lovely yes in the comments. People are saying, oh, the best first date. The date sounds amazing. Good vibes. It was so sad, but so beautiful. Oh, moving on from that. I don't know how we're going to follow that now. Um, <laughs> So how no many... pressure to people in relationships you're coming here up next <laughs> yeah exactly so I think we do have some people in long-term relationships here so we were wondering what sort of stories you have to tell either of um being locked down with your partner and being 24 7 and how that's been working or being separated from your partner and how you've done how you've dealt with long distance Ooh, Fern's got a story. Complicated oh, long yeah. distance, our favorite. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. Um, so uh, I have a preschooler. And the reason I have a preschooler is so a few years ago, I moved to Ghana. I moved there to live with a man I had married not long before. He turned out to be abusive, so I left him, luckily quite quickly, because everything I was reading online was either these Christian women talking about how you need to submit and your man will stop abusing you, or women who were putting up with it for decades. And I was just like, I'm not prepared to do either of those. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awful. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I left, and I found a job in another part of the country, and that's where I met my son's father. And we, so obviously it developed quite quickly. I was staying in his town and um, 
I like the woman I was working for, she also had some abusive qualities and ended up firing me for a whole like slew of reasons. And I left the town and within a few weeks, I realized I was pregnant. And I also found out that my grandfather was diagnosed with lung cancer and was refusing treatment. So he was given six months. So I was just like, well, I'd like to see him. And I don't have private insurance for Ghana at that time. So I preferred to come back to Canada where I have healthcare available to me. So I came back and my, I missed my grandfather. He died three hours before my flight landed. So that sucked, but I've been here since. So that was in January, 2017. And uh, it's been complicated with his father. Like he always wanted to continue the relationship. And there was a period of time where like, I was just hearing different voices. I, w I was still struggling to heal from the trauma of having been abused. It was just so complicated. I was pushing him away for many months, like more than a year kind of thing. I don't remember exactly how much time, but I never, to this day, I've never gone longer than a month without hearing from him. And the only reason it got that long was because I was pushing him away and he didn't want to get to a, to put the kind of pressure on me that would make me block him. <laughs> Essentially, he wanted to make sure that I would stay around at least enough to be able to keep like planting that seed. And finally, and like with the pandemic, before the pandemic happened, there was a few other things that happened in my life. So like I, I ended up burning out before, like in October 2019, then the pandemic happened. My mental health just went like I blasted through rock bottom. Like I was like rock bottom was above me <laughs> and so I ended up doing um well through the inner circle I attended a mental health event and I finally got myself a therapist long term because all of the therapy like all the therapy that you can get locally there's always the time limit you can only have so many uh, uh meetings with them yeah it's meeting consultations whatever you can, have so, you can only meet up with them so many times. They might extend it by one or two, but it's not really like 10 meetings to deal with this kind of trauma is just not gonna work. <laughs> and so while I had tried a few therapists beforehand, it just wasn't working for me. And so this therapist really made a huge difference for me and it really helped with my mental health. And I think that was kind of, I finally got that first step I needed to like get further in my healing journey to really be in a place where I was prepared to finally actually be in the relationship and not push away from the relationship. So since mid to late June, we've been talking on good terms and it's been a long distance relationship where I've not been pushing him away. And so I guess, well, I mean, that's more than six months now. So, <laughs> so technically, I guess, arguably we've been together for more than four years but because of me pushing away and pushing away i don't know how long we've been together but it's been <laughs> super complicated luckily i found some Facebook groups with other women in long distance relationships with african men so that also really helps but yeah it's been a journey <laughs> wow yeah that does sound very complicated but i'm really glad that it's going well now thank you <laughs> <laughs> so many okay. good stories I know I just want to hear more right. 
Okay, so have we got any other long distance, either long distance or long term living together, the challenges of that? Oh, here we go. Federica has a long distance relationship story. Yeah, so basically my long distance relationship story was that I was in Colombia with my boyfriend when COVID started, but my sister in Italy was graduating like in March. So I had my plane ticket and like, yes, I have to go back because you know, it's her graduation day, I have to be there. So I get there and COVID was kind of getting bad already. So I pushed my luck a little bit. I got there three days after they shut the, the country down completely, full lockdown. We were the first ones. So I'm like, cool, <laughs> this is looking promising. And then they ended up also doing the, the graduation virtually because yeah, we couldn't move. So basically my flight was useless by that time. I could have just stayed put and have seen her anyway, but I had, so at first we were like super hopeful, like, oh yeah, I have like my, my return ticket for May. Maybe we'll be fine. <laughs> Not knowing like fools. <laughs> and then, <laughs> Obviously, May came and, and went and my flight was cancelled and then they opened up Italy in June. So I'm like, okay, then there's hope. But in the meantime, South America had gotten worse. So it was all completely closed. And I was living with my parents and my siblings. So I, we are four siblings. And my mom and my dad, and we hadn't been living together for like 15 years. So <laughs> that was the biggest drama, actually. <laughs> and because I was, I'm the eldest, I left like a long, long time ago. And my room obviously was taken by one, one of my sisters. So when I go back now, I don't have a room. I just sleep, I sleep wherever, on the couch or with my other sister when she wants me. And <laughs> so like I had, we, I was living with my boyfriend, like virtual dating, obviously, because, you know, you have to keep the relationship alive somehow. <laughs> and, but I would go, I don't know, to hide inside the bathroom where together with the washing machine, closing all the doors, because I didn't have a place where I could even lock a door <laughs> and all these kind of things. And I'm like, it was... Yeah, kind of surreal and also very frustrating because, you know, if I had my room, that would be kind of fine because then I'm just like, okay, I'll be in there for two hours. I'm having a date. I just like, don't bother me. But that wasn't an option either. So, yeah, we kind of kept going like that. And they said, okay, we're going to open Colombia on the July 31st. So I'm like, okay, I rebooked my flight and all was good. Hope again, I have another date. And then they switched to September 1st. So another <laughs> two months of like, yay. Oh, no. And then on September 1st, they were like, yes, we're going to have flights, but only national flights. So you guys from Europe, there's no chance you're going to get into <laughs> the country. And at that point, I was like, okay, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like eight months with my parents was already like starting to look like a nightmare, basically. <laughs> But yeah and all my 
my my sisters have boyfriends but by the time they were coming and going like freely pretty much inside the house so we went on like trips with the like my sister sister one and her boyfriend sister two and her boyfriend and me just going like the fifth (laughs) you know just that pays for stuff because she's the eldest and the responsible one and (laughs) (laughs) it was very happy moment of my life but then yeah in the end basically long story short I was able to get here on at the end of October but yeah like through I think there were like four flights because they still wouldn't allow people from Europe but if there were European coming through other Latin American countries then it was allowed so I had to go through Mexico and then switch and (laughs) it was a complicated thing but in the end I made it here so I skipped the the second wave the second European wave and well now the the thing is I don't know what's gonna happen because I can only stay here six months with the tourist visa and Mm -hmm. some borders are still closed so I don't know but we're together (laughs) it's still working fine the shock (laughs) like from being apart eight months to living 24 hours together was (laughs) cool the first few weeks then it got a little bit harder because you know adjusting there's as we said before there are no there's no middle ground it's just like oh everything or nothing pretty much mm. right in mm-hmm. our relationships but so far so good so I guess I'm I'm luckier than most I can't really complain but yeah that was yeah. my story oh thank you I think that counts as a success story for yeah, sure all right so many happy endings here well some. so I was yeah I was wondering question for Fern and Federica what are some of the ways that you think you managed to keep long distance going for so long? What's up? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's inexpensive for a Ghanaian to use. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't use up too much data. So we can actually have video calls and long video calls, including calls where my preschooler says, I want to talk to him. So I just hold up the phone in front of him for an hour, two hours, whatever, while he talks to him and says all these things that his father doesn't necessarily understand because he's still three. So it's not always easy for everyone to get to him, especially with like an accent difference. But yeah, the WhatsApp for me is the savior for for real. (laughs) And lots of questions, communication. If you're with Mm -hmm. someone that doesn't communicate, I think that really doesn't help in the past. I've had that. Mm. not good yeah and you just have to I guess be willing to put in the time because you're like oh I have my day I have my things but that's important too because if you were in the same place you would do things together so Mm. I don't know we would have like a movie night and we would pick a movie and watch it together on call or we had like documentary night or we had like one day of the week and I had to pick something for an hour one hour and a half or two and just it could be anything from games to movies to whatever and then the following week it would be him or like 
I was still learning Spanish. So it, we had Spanish classes for like mm. an hour and a half and we would read something together and it would like make me do like exercises and stuff. So basically trying to act normal or do the activities that you would normally do, but that are compatible with virtual meeting meetings, basically. <laughs> yeah, I guess that was the important part to keep it alive and mm. patience lots of patience it <laughs> <laughs> sounds so nice definitely much more success than any of my zoom dating <laughs> yeah me too okay so now we just had a little uh, multiple choice question for people who maybe have just not been dating at all in the pandemic or like me kind of gave up halfway through and just embraced uh, uh hermitism uh, so we want to know how have you been filling up your time? So we've got uh, a multiple choice question. You can choose as many as you like or other. Uh, and if other, tell us something. So you can just type this in the chat if you like. Uh, number one, snuggling up with your cat or dog or rabbit or other pet or a body pillow. Uh, two, talking to the TV. Three, becoming a workaholic. Four, getting better acquainted with your vibrator and or hand. Uh, five, honing your baking, your sourdough baking skills, or six other. Tell us, tell us what. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna paste them in the chat. Oh, good idea. For me, I think it's definitely been becoming a workaholic and getting better acquainted with your vibrator. Because even bought a new vibrator at the beginning of the pandemic, so now I have two. It feels very luxurious as a nomad to have even one vibrator. Um, so those have been my two. And I also just like work all the time now because I don't know what else there is to do. I would agree with that. Becoming a workaholic, i.e. starting a podcast and <laughs> buying, a, buying a new vibrator. So if you want to, I'm going to put three and four in there. So if everyone just puts what they think in there and we can have a look at the results later. But we have, we have another general question for anyone who wants to answer. So how do you think being a nomad has prepared you or not prepared you for dating and re relationships during the pandemic? Oh, we're getting a lot of threes. Yeah, a lot of workaholics here. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of workaholics and a lot of snuggling with pets. Yeah. We're the only ones, Ellie, going for the vibrator. <laughs> talking to strangers and then turn them into the zoom with a safe environment like slack dng zoom telegram oh i like that that's answer. good yeah that yeah. sounds very healthy very emotionally healthy answer yeah 32 hours a week on zoom yeah, that'll <laughs> that'll definitely fill I'm, the time i'm happy to share if you like yeah go for it jenny so I'm just like very um, vicariously living through these stories because I'm one of the very boring people who's been in a relationship for like 10 years. So, and the whole time, like we've been nomading, we've also been together. Um, but when the lockdown started, we were, we had just arrived at his parents' place to visit them on the 1st of March. And then we were only supposed to be there for 10 days and ended up being there over seven months. So that was very intense. It was kind of, it was very nice. We get along with them very well. But obviously, I think after a while, it was a little bit Stockholm syndrome style where we didn't realize how much we needed our privacy and, you know, how, how it wasn't healthy anymore. Um, so we got out and that was good. But I think in general, 
we were so lucky because I've heard from so many people who usually have their nine to fives and they go to work and they see their partners for like an hour in the evening, maybe a couple of hours on the weekends. But we've already like, we've traveled together. We live together. We work from home, both of us, and we spend a lot of time together. So I'm really, I feel like we were really lucky in that sense that we weren't driving each other insane. And I think we were kind of like each other's allies, like kind of the the united front because his parents were there as well so we kind of had to like stick together which I think was good so I do think that really prepared us for that Mm. um apart from that I think the one thing that just was really nice what we that we managed to do last year was because it was our 10th anniversary that we celebrated in September and we usually do something nice like we'll go on a trip or something usually and we did manage because the numbers were really low still in the summer and the beginning of September so we managed to go away for the weekend to Whitstable and I think that kind of kept us sane honestly if we hadn't had that little <laughs> trip like it was just like a glimpse into our normal world we're like ooh, a new place that we've never been to look I don't know what is down that road it was just like <laughs> oh God, it's like like medicine and just like kept us going and then we found our own little place and now we have our own house and stuff so yeah it's it's been interesting I I do think it prepared us a lot so Mm. very grateful for that we have a couple of comments as well Anne says she thinks digital nomad life prepared her well for dating in a pandemic because it taught her to value time with someone that's really good point too when you have limited time somewhere you do value it more And then Fern says being a single mum in the sense of being the only one with him prepared her for the pandemic because she was already isolated. Kind of sad, she says, but it prepared me. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for participating, girls. Thank you everyone so much. This has been amazing. Have a wild dating story like was shared in today's episode. You can send us an email to datingabroadnomads for your chance to be featured Or if you want to set one of us up on a virtual date, and now we have a captive audience here. So like if anyone wants to set us up location independent anywhere in the world, uh, we may or may not include clips of it for our patrons. That's right. You can also become a patron of the podcast at patreon.com forward slash dating abroad, where our tiers are named just as wittily as our segments. Benefits start from just $1 a month and range from bonus content to racy to air, if you can imagine, (laughs) to monthly soirees and a coaching call with one of us about digital nomad life. We now have seven patrons and here is our little limerick about them. Ooh, never done this one live before. Okay. There once was a girl from Toronto who became our patron pronto. She was joined by a nomad who is definitely not a bromad. And we'll all be a family like the Sopranos. Then came a girl called Kiwi, who listens to our podcast in Germany. She was joined by a Brit with an eco-cleaning kit and a Swede who's a big big fan of Bali. Next came a lovely Canuck, who met her beau underground by a truck. And came an unsettled man, the first male of our clan. And the rest will have to wait for our next patron that could be anybody. Could be in the limerick next. Uh, our awesome theme music is by Lee Trang. Now I feel sad that we didn't do it for our live show to have the music live, but uh, you will hear it when you listen to the recording. Her website is leechang.bandcamp.com and she is amazing. Our super cute logo is by Samina, who is on Instagram at Samina Scribbles. And we are also on Instagram, dating underscore uh, underscore broad. And we're on Facebook, dating abroad nomads. 